Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am super excited today to have someone who has just been super excited to be on this podcast. <laughs> Let me just be clear that Billy and Rob threw him under the bus. He is on the podcast today, but you guys are going to learn so much. This is Chris Maxwell. Say hi, Chris. Hello, everyone. So Chris is vice president of the secondary market. And I was like, okay. So I know him as the master of rates, right? So he is the master of rates. He's going to be talking to us today about this, but realtors and lenders really getting into the crux of some misconceptions that people have, the importance of lenders and realtors, and just really explaining some things. So when you say you're VP of the secondary market, and I call you the master of rates, what does that really mean? Like you spend your day, right, watching the rates. All day, every day, even on the weekends sometimes. At its most simplest form, my team manages interest rate risks. So that could encompass setting the rate sheets on a daily basis to making sure that we have a viable option to sell the mortgage loans that are closed. Once they are closed, we can get them out the door, make money, stay in business, and be able to provide more mortgages for more customers. Well, that's super important. And you've been with Alcova for 11 years. 11 years. And so like you said this to me earlier, and this kind of helps me visualize, it's like a, a day trader in stocks, right? You are just watching those rates all day long. Rates, you know, the misconception there is rates and pricing. The, the value of each rate changes every second of the day, just the same way that folks are trading stocks, they're trading mortgage-backed securities. Banks are trading them back and forth. Companies like ourselves are trading them back and forth. So they're constantly moving. Does that affect the rate during the day? Sometimes it can. Most of the time it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't because then things get a little wild for our team, but they move constantly. And that's not something that I think a lot of people think about. No, I mean, I think we think about it like, you know, oh, on Wednesday, it should be like Friday or maybe, you know, I know everyone's like, oh, the markets are opening and that would be super stressful. So how do you, you're super, how do you stay super calm? Like, it's a great question. You know, at this point, I've been doing this for about 20 years. It's the only way that you can do it, I think, is, is because things are constantly moving. We get a lot of volatility, but if you're going to let each movement kind of dictate the rest of your day. You'd be curled up into a ball because sitting in the corner. Here he is very mellow. He says he's an introvert, which I believe. But, you know, that to me would be just super stressful. And I guess you've got to learn how not to just freak out and react, right? So any of you overreactors, right? Probably not a good thing for them to be doing. Like most people I think shouldn't. I think too many people freak out about it. And so get an expert like you and my lender and then just, you know, plan properly, but I can't imagine watching all. I think I would lose my marbles. It, it hasn't been overly fun <laughs> the last 24 months, but you know, we're in a different time. You know, this is not something that's going to last forever. So, yeah, you know, this too shall pass. That's right. Short, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. So, yeah. So let's talk about, okay. So I think people, lenders, realtors, Joe Public, all of us, except probably you, are, are always confused about the rates, right? So you hear about the Fed, even Fed controlling rates, which you were like, the Fed doesn't control the rates, but you hear the Fed, the Fed is this almighty being and nobody understands what the Fed's doing, maybe not even the Fed. But like, let's talk about like, 
you know, why, why is the Fed not lowering the rate? But let's talk about the rates a little bit and, and what people need to really globally understand about how they move. Okay. So the biggest misconception is the Fed controls mortgage rates. Uh, and it's, that's not what they're trying to do in most instances. Yes, there are some times where they're like, when they're doing their quantitative quantitative easing, where they're buying actual mortgages, yes, that is them directly impacting the market. But if you're listening to CNBC or Bloomberg or anything, and they're talking about the federal funds rate, that's what they use to kind of control bank-to-bank -bank lending. There are some things that are directly connected to that rate, like prime. Prime is usually federal funds rate plus whatever it is now. Then you'll see credit cards that are tied to prime. And so you see this trickle-down effect. Uh, but in general, they don't have a direct effect on mortgages. Do mortgages sometimes follow? Yes. Do mortgages follow the 10-year rate? Yes. Does the 10-year rate tend to follow federal funds rate to a certain extent? Yes. But when you hear someone talking on the news about the Fed raised the rates or they lowered the rate, that is not directly, they're not directly manipulating mortgage rates. Yeah, but you think they are because that's what we hear. What's the Fed doing today? What's the right. Fed going to do? What's got to watch the Fed? So the rate is a very general term. Yeah. That we kind of let our minds wander. Well, I think probably because it's overly complicated otherwise. And so, so because you think about it, people are like, oh, they call, right? Oh, the Fed, you know, dropped the rate. The rate went down half a point and everyone's like, no, no, no. So I think also the misconception is what the rates really are, right? The bank lending rates versus mortgage rates versus credit cards and your car loans, as we've all seen, you know, in the last 18 to 24 months, you look to buy a house or buy, frankly, anything, a car or whatever it is, the rates have all gone up. So the Fed, in essence, is trying to control inflation, correct? That's like a simple way of saying that. And so they they were very clear that until they got inflation to their number of 2% or under in the economy, they were going to keep raising the rates. Right. Is that like a simple way of looking at it? Very, very much so. I mean, you know, like it's simplest form. Inflation just means that people have too many dollars to spend, right? So you get a lot of dollars chasing lesser goods. So how do you kind of balance that out a bit more? You raise the prices of goods. And so then you start boxing people out of what they can actually afford to buy. You know, I, I don't think I could afford to buy a car right now just based on price. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah, it was not pretty. I mean, it's and then you're like a great rate is this. And you're like, what about a zero? Exactly. Right. So you get, you've got too many dollars chasing too few goods. And so sort of the way you balance out that equilibrium equilibrium is to make the goods more expensive to where you start to box out some demand. And so that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Again, you know, that the, the Fed rate is loosely tied to credit card rates. And if it's costing you, you know, 10 more percent to buy whatever you might put on your credit card, then you're probably going to think, uh, I don't need that right now. The conversation becomes much more dynamic. It's not, well, it's not going to cost me any extra. So I'll just get it. Um, you know? Yeah. So the, they're trying to limit the money out there. And so I think also though, there's a time factor. So again, knowing as little as I do, which is not a lot about all this, but watching it, it seems like there's more of a lag, right? So they they do an adjustment. It takes time, right? For the, the economy just on a dime doesn't stop, right? Or, or slow down dramatically. So they got kind of aggressive, right? Raising rates. Now they came down just a little, right? So inflation is between what, three and 4%. They want it to Correct. be two. So when we look at that, 
if you look, let's say three, six months out or whatever, if you, now again, like we're not holding him to this. So we cannot all just call Chris Maxwell and say, this is what you said. So, but just as we're realtors, lenders, looking at kind of what might happen, what does next year potentially look like? Knowing that in 30 days, the, you know, the world could end, you know, financially and you can't be held to it. But what would you, when you guys are looking at everything, what do you think could happen? I think that we have reached peak mortgage rates. I think, you know, we are starting to see some of the effects of Fed policy, you know, make a dent in uh, obviously the housing market. Prices are still up, but there's, you know, very, you know, transactions are way down. Uh, it appears that the car market is slowing a bit. It appears that the job market is slowing a bit. It appears that inflation is starting to head in, you know, at least head down. It may not be the two, but it takes a while to get there from where we were. You know, the, I can't remember the exact time frame, but the Fed basically says it's like 12 to 18 months for each rate hike to be a, or rate adjustment to kind of work its way all the way through the economy. Right. Uh, but in general, it appears that things are starting to slow down. It's not one data point that's kind of, you know, an outlier. It appears that everything is starting to cool off a bit. You know, will that continue? Yeah, I think it might, especially, you know, people are starting to feel the impact of the things that we don't think about. Higher car insurance, higher real estate taxes, you know, here where we are, you know, they're paid out twice a year. But I can assure you. As soon as we get to January 31st, they're going to send me a new assessment. Oh, they will. There's no doubt. Uh, you know, we've been fortunate. Gas is held with all the things that are going on. You know, gas is something we use and buy every day. And so that sort of has uh, an impact on the consumer directly. Um, we've been lucky that it's held relative, relatively low with everything that's going on. But in general, I think rates will get better. Okay. Um, it's so hard to say, like, will they be to borrow? Don't know. Will it be two months from now? Don't know. Could it be six months? Might be. So what might we see? Yoda of rates. <sighs> what could, like, if I were, if you were a betting person, what, I mean, if if we're going to say there, let's say seven, 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 five today-ish. Yeah, mid sevens, lower sevens, depending on okay. scenario. You know, you, you have some very smart people who get paid to look at this data um, that say maybe lower sixes, um, you know, which is, sort of starts to whet people's appetite on yeah. getting back into the market. It's a little easier to digest if, you know, you're low threes, threes, low fours, you, you know, you can maybe absorb that difference in payment. So you might have some more supply come online, but you know, low sixes would be nice. Historically, that's still a great rate. Yeah. Um, I think people short-term memory, right? I mean, it was low. And, and I think the people that are waiting, can we both agree that anyone thinks it's going to hit four anytime soon? You're going to just be waiting until the cows come home. You'll be waiting a very long time. Yeah. You got to understand that when we were in the high twos, low threes, even high threes, that that is that was the Federal Reserve directly putting their finger on mortgage rates because they were buying so many mortgages at the time. They were the only buyer, basically. But they bought and bought and bought. And so, again, that's that su supply side. They bought everything. And so it just drove rates to the floor. I don't see them doing that. Yeah. Like, we would have to revisit 2008 or, God forbid, another pandemic 
to ever see them. And I don't even know if they do it then, because I think at this point they realize that they have caused yes. a great deal of pain for a lot of folks just based on housing and inflation. And they didn't know. None of yeah. them had ever seen it. They weren't alive the last time something like this happened. So they brought out the big guns and it worked, but it worked too well. Yeah. So I don't see them coming back to do that for a very long time. Agreed. So everyone who's waiting, right, and going, I need, I want three and 4%. I think one of the big things is you can't wait, like people like try to time a market. Like we'd all be bazillionaires, right? Like you too, you would be a bazillionaire. I don't even know how much money that is. But if, and I'm a realtor, if I could time the market, right, I would you know, be the richest person in the world. So it's like, it's impossible to do. Yes, there are things you can look for, but timing in the market to me is economically, it works for me and I need a house, right? This is the time for me and my family, hopefully for a joyous occasion, or sadly, sometimes not that I've got to make a move or I'm getting transferred across the country. So, you know, everyone's like, I'm going to wait for prices to come down. Well, I'm not seeing that happen until we get some inventory, which won't be soon. And then rates to go to three and four are not going to happen. So really, I think people that are out in the market need to be, you know, hoping for lower rates for all of us. So is there a general, we didn't talk about this before, so sorry to launch on this, but is there like, if I got an 8% interest rate and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to refi at a better rate, is there a general rule of thumb? I mean, I, here's the hard part. I know it depends. How long will you be there? How much does it cost to refi? How long will it take you to recoup that? But like, if I got an eight and next year, let's say it hits six, that seems like just logically, if I'm going to stay long enough, right? I'm not going to move the next year. It's a good time. Is there like a rule of thumb as to? So they say 1%, but that rule is kind of old and antiquated. You know, we have much higher loan balances now than yeah. we had in the past. And so there is a level of fixed cost associated with, with refinancing. So if you can cover that cost within, you know, a couple of years of refinancing, absolutely. So the, the break even point for someone who has a $720,000 loan is much different yeah. than someone who has 200000 or even 150. You yeah. know, it may make sense for someone who has a 720 loan balance to refinance at half a point. Yeah. So know? really staying in touch with their lender and really running those scenarios. Uh, and again, here's the cost to refinance. Here's how much it saves me. Here's how long you know I need to be there. This is not, I'm going to move in a year kind of thing. I mean, so you could end up, but with a plan. So just, it's one of those questions as I'm talking to the rate master that, you know, it's a, it's something everyone's going to, you know, because you know that the refi, once, if we hit six, you guys are going to be so busy again, you can't see straight from all the eight, not from the three and 4% people, right. but from the 8% people, it's going to be a mad house sure. of refi. Which is but you could, at that point, you can also pull refinances out of the threes because at that point, they've got so much equity built up in their house. So at six and a half or even seven, we're going to pay off credit cards that are at 20. Yeah, you know, 30. Right? Aren't they That's, more like 29? Can you even do 20 anymore? I, I, I don't know. I try not to use Yes, exactly. You know, the, you know that the average rate, the average rate, let's just say it's between 20 and 30. Right. So it makes a lot of sense if you've racked up some debt or you've got you've got your RV payment or your boat payment or your home equity that's tied to prime. Yeah. You know, at that point, if you can get something in the mid sixes, even though you're paying off that first balance at three and a half or whatever it may be, you know, the net number at the end of the day on Marjorie's outlay is going to be yes. less. Now, yeah. you're not going to be able to tell your friends you got a three and a half note rate. Right. I know. So you can, <laughs> but you can't talk about that. But, but you're saving money. Every well, let's really look so. at your financial picture. This is we're having advisors, which we're going to get into because I think financial advisors, but also why you work with lenders and realtors as advisors. So one thing you said to me, a couple of things when we were talking, one that I loved is I do think you said, don't get lost in the data. 
And I think that's so smart because I think when we get in the weeds of data, no matter what it is, right, financially, especially, you can go so deep into it that, you know, you're so stuck. And and one point was looking, the Fed doesn't get it, right? Like they're not always clear. But when we talked about, you know, seeing things change, you said as well, look around, what do your eyes tell you, right? Like not only what does your pocketbook tell you, what does your personal budget tell you, but you know, when you go to expensive restaurants and they're full and you go to concerts and everyone's spending money, like there's no tomorrow and everyone's going on a cruise and, you know, they're spending money. And then all of a sudden it's, we're going to, we're not doing that now. And, you know, as the, as the money gets cut, you can see what, what's happening around you. Exactly. Uh, You know, if you find an economist who's right 51% of the time, you should probably follow them. Right. And so they're they're never going to bring up a case where they were wrong, most likely. But when they're right, you'll hear about it, right? And the Fed has a team of economists working for them every day. And, you know, they've had some missteps. So, it was, you know, for folks like you and myself, it's it's hard to get in and look at all the data and kind of make sense of it because you'll have one data point that could be an outlier that just looks way off base. But if you focus on it, then you have already made your, you, you've already formed an opinion and then you may use that to, make other decisions, which isn't always correct. Well, Um, and also just, again, what's right for me. So you bought this year, right? I I didn't, but I'm pretty, it would be very hard to make me move because I love my house. But, you know, people might say, oh, you bought this year? Yes, because the time was right. So I think kind of, again, being super focused, if on anything, your data, right? Not this, I need to move now. This works for me. I can financially afford it. You know, that's the data as well, not just, you know, because everyone's trying to time, oh, prices should come down. Well, we'll see because of inventory and rates should come down. Yes. But again, timing the market can also be paralyzation and then you sort of sit. So I think, you know, there's that. Then, so lenders, there are lenders listening, realtors listening, husbands listening. So for lenders, let's talk about if you had a room full of them right now, what is it? What's a message for them? And their value and what they need to really think about and pay attention to, right? As as you know, the key for for their success as as we continue. Uh, you know, so we understand it's super competitive out there. You know, we we are we are no longer in 2020, 2021, where refinances are abundant. So be a subject matter expert. Be or you know, be upfront with your customer, understand what they need. Again, as we relay it back to my realtor story, you know. We were very needy and we tried to communicate that up front. You know, this is not something we do every day. You know, people were shocked when we told them we were selling a house, buy a new one. You know, that that's not like you. We don't understand. <laughs> you know, so, it, so we were way out of our comfort zone and we needed someone to get us from point A to point B. And it was going to require a lot of handholding. But that was just, you know, that's what we needed. You know, not everybody needs that. And so I think you got to understand that up front. What do they need? Do they want to be in control or do they want to let you, you know, tell them what to do? You know, I think that's the biggest thing is understanding what the customer needs, wants, and providing them with that. Yeah, I think you said it right. Like subject matter expert, which is not just the market as much, you know, here's what's happening today. Historically, this is why, like being able to explain things, but subject matter is also their local market, which sounds like the real trend, but on the appraised side and the appraisal side, having knowledge of your box, let's call it the box you work in, uh, or, or certainly maybe you might not know the market as well, but you could reach out to me and I could say, no, those are not comparable. So kind of having your team of experts as well as being the expert, but 
having intelligent conversations. Because when you and I were talking, so let's say, you know, I'm the borrower and I said, well, I don't like this rate, you know, should I lock or not? It's also being able to say, you know, we're here. This is where we could go. This is, you know, this is your, this is where you can afford. This is too much for you. Like we've got to, we've got to be smart in our decision-making and you're the guide for that. Not guaranteeing them what's going to happen next week, but I need your expertise and Hey, this is what you're not thinking of that advice and that mindset and being able to say, look, this is your goal. This is how we get there. If this happens, you can't hit your goal. And so you've got to think more broadly than they do and be able to explain it. So yeah, I think this expertise and being able to explain, like, I want my lender to be able to tell me like, well, wait a minute, you know, the rates went down half percent. How come my rate didn't go? Oh, well, that's here. Let me explain that. Like, you've got to be a competent expert, right? And so that's a key. I mean, I think- more than ever, it's always been like, I don't think, you, let's just be honest, you shouldn't have been an idiot before, right? You shouldn't have been like, <laughs> you know, before. but look, when things were rolling and it was like, you know, everyone refined, it was just kind of coming in. But now it's like, look, the world has changed. The market has changed. The economy has changed. You know, people's opinions are seem stronger than ever. And, you know, you're not going to convince someone they're wrong, but it's like, how do I guide? How am I your trusted guide through this and providing value to you? Right. Which is, I got to come to you and frankly, not worry about it. So if I'm coming to you and I'm a realtor, so I'm just dangerous enough, right? Like I know enough that's wrong, that is bad, quite frankly, right? Like I have my opinions, but I'm going to come to you and say, okay, Chris, what do I have to do? Right? Like I trust you. I know you got me. You know what my goal is. Like, what do I do? And I'm like my Yoda, right? So we need to be their Yodas. If you don't watch Star Wars, I don't know what to tell you. Like, come on. But we do, we've got to be that person. I've got to have complete faith that you know what the goal is and you're going to get me there. And I think that's that's our role. And we can turn that into the realtor role too, right? So you just bought where, again, everyone said you were nuts, but I, I sold a lot of houses this year. I mean, I had a better year this year. My numbers are up, we're up 20% right. over last year. So guess what? A lot of people bought houses this year. And you know, why would you do that kind of thought is also always interesting to me. But you said- so the same thing. So your realtor provided value. You needed a lot of handholding, which to me, it's funny. Our assumptions always, right? Like you, you're literally the rate master. You're in the lending industry. The assumption for many might be that you just do like that. Nah. But you said, I want someone that's going to guide me, hold my hand, go out of you know, go out of their way to find me a place, answer all my questions, be available when I when you need me. Which again, most people who are listening might be like, isn't that their job? Yeah. But like on steroids, don't you think? I think it's... I got to be there to not only tell you, hey, Chris, don't do this. Like, no, 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 we're not accepting this. And I know you want this, but this is a problem. Like, we've got to be able to be that guide for you. Exactly. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, I don't know what I don't know. Oh, yeah. Right. And so this is, you know, the house prime process is not something that I do on a regular basis. It's not something that I'm in tune with, quite frankly. And so we needed an expert to do it. And, you know. At that point, it was worth their weight in gold. We sold a house, didn't have anywhere to go, needed a new one, you know. And again, it was, I'm sure, you know, it was cringeworthy every time that they saw me or my wife's phone number pop up. But, you know, again, it was new for us. We didn't know all the bumps and bruises we'd take, but we had someone else who could kind of give us some insight on, okay, this might happen and you need to be prepared for this, or this could happen and it's going to be really good, but you need to be prepared Right. For all these things that could, could could happen. We had a short closing. Once we finally found a house, it was two weeks. But, it, you know, as a realtor, you know how quickly two weeks goes by when you're, yeah. you know, you made the offer. Now you're waiting for the counter. Then, you know, it's the negotiating back and forth. Well, now we're four days in. You know, I got 
10 days to get this thing through inspection and close. And, you know, everybody's got to be. And the lending end. <laughs> and the lending end. So you know, we got, we got, we got to figure out that piece as well. But, you know, that timeline got very short. And if it was something that, that was left to my wife or myself, you know, probably nine times out of 10, we would have missed the closing day. Not only that, you have jobs, right? Like I think people underestimate time, right? And details and steps, right? I think it's because, and we talked about this offline a little bit, I think if the realtor's done a great job, we make it look easy. It's supposed right. to feel that way to you because that's why you have us. But sometimes I think we made it too easy, right? Like where it's like, you don't see the bumps and the bruises and the the sideline like stress that we're keeping you from and you know taking on and and taking off your shoulders because that's exactly. why we're there. But for both of us, right? So you know you said too, and it's true. Like lenders and realtors right now, yes, you're a therapist. You are. You are a therapist. You're a sounding board. You've done this before. You've got to be available, right? So no, none of this. They they never answered my call or they didn't answer my questions. That's unacceptable confident and aggressive in a good way, right? We're confident we're going to get this done for you. Cause can you imagine if you sat with me and you're yeah. like, you're going to sell my house, I'm going to sell my house. And I said, why would you do that? That's or, you're never going to find something. Exactly. Which everyone, but the realtor told us. So, you know, but you found it because found you it. will find it. I've said, look, I'm 28 years in, I've never had someone homeless. It's not going to start now. So, but think about it. Like, you know, especially, and we'll end with lovely commission lawsuits that are everywhere. I think they have a lot of people in fear. Uh, but I think it's a shift. It's a shift that will happen. We will work through the shift and there's just no way around. I kind of feel like there's no sticking your head in the sand. Like we're going to work through it. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Everyone's like, oh, nothing will change. It will. I think a lot of changes will happen. There's just still too much going on with settlements and different things to say, here's what will be. But I think if realtors are not really paying attention and really look as you go into 2024 if you're not proving value and demonstrating it very tangibly other than just your ego driven right like i'm really good chris you should work with me because i'm fantastic right that's not the point but same with lenders right it's gotten harder so you got to work smarter you've got to provide value you've got to be available all the things that we're good at when you know when we're strong business people so and then rate yoda here is going to tell us all the things we need to know, but no. So I think this is fantastic because I think people need to, you know, really understand, have a basic understanding of why, again, especially if you're a lender or realtor, I've got to be able to speak intelligently just enough until the center to you, but we've got to be clear on the role of realtors and lenders, the importance of it. It should seem like a duh, honestly, a lot of this should be a little duh, like, yes, we've got to provide extreme value, but that's what will have us. The people that are doing really well right now, that's what they're doing, truly, right? Like your Alcova lenders that are doing really well in this market are massively trusted advisors. I would hope so. Um, you know, again, we circle back to being a subject matter expert. You know, the, the things that we see on a daily basis are, you know, aggregated, you know. Yeah. So while it may only happen to one borrower, we've got 1,500 borrowers coming through here a month. And so, we see the issues. We see the potential bumps and bruises. You see the potential bumps and bruises that could happen when you write the contract or how the negotiation may yeah. go, or, or you're just walking around the house and you see something that seems a little bit off that me, frankly, I wouldn't notice maybe because, you know, I don't, I'm not paying attention to those details, you know, that you're making, which probably should be the biggest purchase of your life. It's, it, it should be nerve wracking to a certain extent, right? You're getting ready to, you know, if you're making a huge down payment or not, you still got to pay all this money for it. And it's something that you got to make sure that's viable 
that, that, that it's worth what you're paying for it. It's that you're not going to fall apart and, you know, all the other things. And you're not getting into some loan that's going to put undue pressure on you six, eight, 12 months from now yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you got to find someone you trust. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to kind of put faith in someone if they don't know their local market or they haven't seen everything that, you know, an experienced person may have seen. And that's not to say don't use someone who's yeah, newer. newer in the business. Yeah, because it can be hung. Look, I see a lot of newer people. They don't know the difference, right? So the newer people aren't lamenting the three and 4% because they didn't do it. Exactly. They are working in this market and they know how to get it done because this is how it is. And I think that that adjustment. So yes, new can also be learned. Look, there are people that have done this maybe 30 years who do things the way they did it 15 years, don't feel the need to evolve and change. And someone that's newer is crushing it. So exactly. there's, there is absolutely that you can't not, I mean, new can be great as well. It's just, you want to make sure that, that, you know, that there's some grounding there and, and, you know, they have someone like you that they can rely on. So I will be, you know, you're my new, my new buddy. I'm going to be like Yoda. What yeah, do I do? I'm going to speak as generally. <laughs> As I can, yeah. If you'll You're ask, fantastic. If you'll ask the folks here, I don't. I don't make predictions very often. Well, um, because I mean, come on, you can only go with the data you have, and they could be completely on or off. But I do think it's important that you know people heard you today. And again, thank you so welcome. much. We'll get Billy and Rob next. Don't worry, they have been shirking me. I'm in this building, and you've I never seen two grown here. men run away from from a small woman. <laughs> we can do, we can do a live audience that day, yeah, please. We shall. Yes. Anything you want, it's all for you. But Chris, thank you so much for joining me today on Real Estate Scripted. I'll have you again because now thank you're. You. In it's been very pleasant. Thank He's you. He's going to start his own podcast now, so you can all start listening nope. for it. All right. Have a great day. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.